Tēnā tātou katoa e hui mai nei i tēnā ata. Greetings to all of you who have gathered here this morning. Uh, before we get underway with the web conference, I will begin with a karakia. Unuhia tō tō whirimarama. Tamakia tō ao, ao whakitanga. Tātai kiruna, tātai kiraro, tātai aherai. Unie, unie, aherai. Well, Haramai, welcome, Morena. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on our final web conference for the Waste Not Wasted field trip. You're here at Cape Valley Landfill Office, and next to me is Rangi Lord, who is the regional manager for Canterbury Waste Services. And if you have a look <laughs> at one of the um, screens in front of you, Shelley, the field trip teacher who's videoing on this field trip, is just having a wander around the outside of the office and is just point, just showing via her phone the view down into the landfill itself. So, um, but hopefully by now you've had a look at some of the videos on the website and are getting a, a better idea of operations here at Cape Valley and uh, getting a bit more of a visual understanding of what goes on. So as well as Rangi, and you can find out more about Rangi and his work on the experts page, videos of our experts that have spoken to you guys this week. As well as Rangi, we have Rupert from Amberley, uh, it's not Amberley School. <laughs> <laughs> can see why you Rupert from Waitakere School, of course. Um, and Waitakere is one of our speaking schools this morning. Uh, Eddie is the Learns Ambassador. We've got this really cool looking guy, Creeps. So Creeps is from Upper Harbour Primary School. Uh, we've got little Ivan here from Oteha Valley. And Snowball. Snowball's from Tawa School. And Snowball is made from all recycled materials. But isn't that cool? So they've been having a great time. And you can check out what the ambassadors have been up to and what they've been learning on the field trip this week as well. So like I said, you're at the Cape Valley office and a um, bit warmer than yesterday. Temperatures got back up. Not too windy either, so that's pretty good. Bit of cloud around, so it should be good for having a look around the landfill again. And looking today at how the... Well, we saw how the gas was extracted yesterday, and you'll be able to see that on the videos today. And following that gas all the way to the flare compound to find out what happens to the gas and how it is used to generate electricity. So looking forward to another fascinating day here. Well, welcome to all listening schools. And of course, our two speaking schools, we have Pairata School and Waitakere School. We're going to get underway with your questions now, and we're going to begin... We'll take it in turns. We'll start with Waitakere for question number one, then go to Pairata for your question number one, and so on and so forth. Just a reminder, if you can get nice and close to the laptop or the microphone or whatever device you're using, and uh, nice, loud, clear voice, and introduce yourself with your first name so we know who it is that we are speaking with. So can we have question number one from Waitakere School, please? Hi, my name's Darren, and this is my question. Once the landfill is covered with soil, what happens? Morning, Darren. Um, so Cape Valley closes. We, we will be full in 2000, the year 2040. 
and then we begin what we call aftercare. So for a number of years after the landfill actually closes, anywhere between 20 and 40 years, there'll still be gas coming out of the waste and there will be still a little bit of leachate. At the end of the aftercare period, those things pretty much have, have exhausted themselves, so we no longer have um, gas and leachate being generated. It's just the, the pile of rubbish that's left there. Um, so for every tonne of rubbish that comes into the landfill, we're charging dollars, um, the councils to dispose of it here, a few cents are set aside for this aftercare so that we make sure that we look after the landfill and take care of all the gas, we continue to generate electricity, we treat the uh, leachate if we have to. Um, so, you know, between a little bit of an unknown at this stage, but between 20 and 40 years after the landfill closes, um, we have to keep maintaining it and uh, make sure that it's safe and environmentally um, safe as well. So it's going to be turned into farmland eventually, yeah? That's right, Barry. We um, will end up probably sowing it with grass. We already have grass out there uh, for our intermediate cap. Put fences up and probably have sheep and cattle roaming around eating the grass. And if you're wondering what an intermediate cap is, there's a video about capping layers, the soil that's put on um, the, the waste when it's first put into the landfill and then on areas where there won't be any activity for a while and then the final cap which is when it's that part of the landfill is finished so you can check out that video hey thanks darren good stuff getting us underway with that question we'll move now to Pairata school for question number one from you please hi i'm the gala do you think new zealand new zealanders are making a conscious effort to manage household industry waste etc or is it getting worse because of the amount of rubbish that we have Good question. It surely is. Look, that, that is a really good one. And my answer is absolutely there is um, a better and better conscience, consciousness of um, New Zealanders. Um, I believe that we're actually seeing waste volumes at landfill slowly reducing as people are diverting more waste and being a lot more careful about uh, what we do with it. Um, it's going to take a long time for it to, to really sink in, but I, I really do think we are, as a, a nation, doing pretty well. We're slowly minimising our waste and, um, you know, we'll never get rid of it completely, well, not for a long, long time yet, but I do think that it is actually slowly reducing, so, you know, we're all doing the right thing. Oh, well, that's, that's good. So, um, you're actually seeing trends of volumes coming down. Yeah, the, the general waste volumes from households and things, we, we monitor those sorts of things and I, I believe it is falling. It's a little bit hard to predict some of these things because we get economic effects as well with um, our waste volumes, but I believe that definitely is happening. Okay, hey, thanks for that question part after school. Um, so we'll move back now to Waitakere uh, for question number two. Hi, my name is Zani and this is my question. Why do you think so many restaurants and businesses still use and sell plastic products and reuse? And why don't they reuse? Morning. Um, look, that's another great question. I think it probably comes down to the fact that it's easier to use the likes of plastic utensils and containers and things. They are relatively cheap to produce. Um, if you, if you think about it a little bit, if we had to use reuse containers and wash them out and, and the time taken to actually wash and clean and dry all costs money because you're paying somebody to do that. 
the sad truth is that it's so much easier and cheaper to use brand new cheap plastic products. Um, I think in time that will be changing, Dale. We're all seeing it. We just spoke in that last question about how we're getting much more conscious about minimising our waste. Um, with regards to restaurants and food, there is also the issue around um, health and the risk of, um, you know, infections and, and not having clean containers. So I think using brand new ones helps to minimise that. But look, in time, I think we might hopefully start using cardboard containers and things like that. They're, they're completely, um, or most of them are, are compostable and, um, you know, they, they're much better than plastic. Um, I think it's basically because it's easier and cheaper for the moment. Yeah, so the, there are places that are like, because when we travel around the place doing our field trips and we go and get a takeaway for dinner or something, there are a lot more um, restaurants doing cardboard things, with, you know, uh, so, so that's good to see. Um, and... I forgot what the other thing I was going to say. I'll think about it later. Maybe yes. co maybe coffees, Andrew. Yeah, well, that, I mean, you know, Shelley, she's got a coffee every morning on the way to uh, the landfill, and she has a reusable cup. You know, so that's that's uh, that's a really good thing. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know how you can you know how you can take your own containers into the supermarket now. Yes. Like, so you go to the deli and you can give them your container and they can fill it up with your coleslaw or ham or whatever. I'm wondering if one day you can go into um, like a Thai takeout and you can say, well, here's my container. What can you put my dinner in that? Yeah. Maybe that could be a new thing. I might yeah. have just created something there. <laughs> all right. Some really interesting stuff to talk about though, guys. And you can start thinking about all the different ways you can minimize that waste. Okay, so good question, Waitakere. Back to Paidata School. We've got someone here with some face paint on. Hi. Oh, hi. My name's Althea, and my question for you is, do you think the advertisements like Genless will have an impact on the future for how much waste we produce? Yeah, look, that's another good question. You guys have got some pretty um, good ones today. Absolutely. Um, I've seen those uh, advertisements on the TV for Genless, etc. When they first came on, I was wondering what it was all about, but uh, slowly we're sort of hearing a lot more about it. Um, definitely. Uh, I think all of these sorts of initiatives uh, and new programs that are coming out are, are, are always going to be helping with um, waste minimisation and better ways to handle our waste, the use of more compostable materials rather than plastics. Um, so the short answer is absolutely, yes, they're, they're good programs. Thank you. I can't be watching enough TV because I haven't heard of Gen Less. I guess it's short for Generation Less. Yes, I do. Okay, I'll have to up my TV consumption. Right, Waitakere, can we have question three, please? Kia ora. This is my question. What companies have been using environmentally friendly products and what impact does this have on the land? Yeah, a little bit of a hard one for me that, but look, I, I know that there are many companies becoming, um, using a lot more environmentally friendly products. You know, we just talked about using cardboard um, food containers and things that you're finding more and more shops, uh, coffee shops using 
biodegradable and um, compostable products. Um, definitely there's going to be a lot more moves in that direction. I see that they're also now thinking and talking about recycling glass in you know, bottles. Back when I was a kid, uh, bottles were reused all of the time, including beer bottles and uh, soft drink bottles. And you could take soft drink bottles back to the store and they would give you a few cents when you returned the bottle. It was a good way of um, getting a little bit of pocket money back in those days. I think that those sorts of things are actually going to come back. I'm aware that in some parts of Australia, South Australia and Victoria come to mind, they actually have a recycled scheme for glass where, where you get some money back when you return the product. Uh, we know that recycle, we recycle aluminium cans and all of those sorts of things. Um, so definitely more and more companies are getting into uh, using recyclable products. Yeah, I guess the thing is with the glass is that, you know, if it breaks, it might cut you and things like that. So plastic is a safer, mm. safer personally. But yeah, like glass just makes so much more sense. It does. It's heavier though too. Transportation, right. logistics, and uh, there's so many things that come into these, um, these questions, but uh, they, they make us think about it. Yeah, definitely. All right, Pada to school. Next up for question three, please. Hi, my name is Sol. Hi, my name is Sol. And, um, do you think people know that organic waste produces the most gas? And if they did, would people be more vigilant about putting this waste in the coffins? Yoda. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is, uh, again, the same sorts of answers we've just been giving some of the earlier questions. There is a, a lot more consciousness and people are aware of uh, uh, recycling and putting it in the right bins. Here in Canterbury, we have the three wheelie bin system. Uh, one is for just rubbish, one is for recyclable materials, and one is for green waste. Canterbury's always been really good at um, separating those products. Um, I guess in terms of the organic material coming to landfill, that in many respects in a modern landfill like Cape Valley would be good if we got more organics because we we're actually tuning it, it turns into methane and we we're extracting it and using it for benefit. We're generating electricity, you know, so a good sustainable use of um, our waste, if you like. Um, however, uh, we do have compost plants around the country as well that need feed stock, you know, they need the organics too to make the compost. Um, but I think to answer your question, um, yeah, people are getting a lot more aware of it and uh, are taking a lot more care. I also know uh, with our Christchurch wheelie bins where we separate the waste, they actually have cameras on the trucks and the cameras can actually see the rubbish as it goes into the truck and if people are starting to contaminate their waste, like putting plastic in the green waste bin, for example, the cameras actually pick up on it and uh, they record it. And then those um, residents, those customers' bins, they get tagged and they might get a letter from the council to say they need to be doing a better job of sorting their, their, their waste. So Plaidata is down South Auckland, you know, near Drury. Oh, yes. Yeah. So their waste would go to Redvale? No, I would expect it's probably going to Hampton Downs. Oh, okay. Is yeah, you, you guys are not far from Hampton Downs? Yes. So do they have a similar system of the gas capture? Absolutely, yes. Uh, Hampton Downs is a uh, relatively new landfill. In fact, I think they opened within a couple of months of uh, Cape Valley here back in 2005. 
because for some reason when I like before I learned about the decomposition of uh, organic waste producing methane that's extracted to produce electricity before I knew about that I was always really funny about putting organic waste in my rubbish bin I thought it should go into the compost and we, we do have a compost but now I don't I don't worry so much about putting a banana skin or something into the waste because I know that if it's going to a landfill that has the gas extraction, then that's actually not a bad thing. Good question. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Watakiri Primary, question number four, please. Sorry, we just lost your sound at the start, so you have to start again, sorry. Hi, my name is Kels and this is my question. What are some other ideas and that we can use to reduce the amount of waste and rubbish in New Zealand? Morning. Um, yeah, look, uh, again, a good question. There are a number of things that we've talked about over the last few days. Um, things like uh, I mentioned yesterday, the packaging accord. This is companies that manufacture goods and food. You know how we we talked about the fact that um, we, there's so many layers of packaging plastic around our foods and some of the products, toys, for example. So, you know, there is probably the one that I would say is where we could uh, put a lot of focus on trying to reduce our waste volumes is trying to get those companies to use a lot less um, wrapping on, on products, um, particularly if it's plastic, try to use some uh, more biodegradable and organic materials. Um, we have to bear in mind, like I said before, uh, about the fact that there are health and safety issues with some things with foods that you have to seal them and keep them safe. But I still think we have so much extra packaging around our products that we buy from stores. Uh, we can reduce all of that. You know, with a modern landfill, with the, the organics, as we've talked about also, um, sending them to a landfill like Cape Valley is not a bad thing because we reuse that gas and um, for, our, for our benefit. Um, unfortunately, it's unlikely that all waste is going to vanish, you know, go away in a, in a quickly. It's going to take some years before we get right down to the absolute minimum amount of waste going to landfills. But we all need to be doing it. We all need to be thinking about what we do with our rubbish. Yeah, well, hopefully you guys will talk more about this and come up with some, some, own, some of your own ideas. And, you know, don't be afraid to, if you come up with a really good idea about reducing waste that might be some packaging or something, don't be afraid to write letters to the people that produce that product and um, see what happens. There's, there's some great stories out there of people that have done similar things and have helped bring about some change. So give it a go. If I could add something to that, Andrew, Ministries for the Environment, um, we have what we call the Waste Levy in New Zealand. So for every tonne of rubbish that goes into landfills, they charge $10, the Ministry for the Environment does. And that goes into a pool of money. And if you come up with any good ideas about reprocessing, reducing waste, recycling and all that, you can actually uh, apply to the Ministry for the Environment for funding. They will um, provide uh, money to help develop um, um, waste minimisation projects and, and, and different things to reduce the amount of waste going to landfill. Okay, good scheme. Because I've got a good idea. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you though. <laughs> no, I'll share it. Well, it's just a silly little thing, but you know those. You know, you get a a bag of bread. 
Yeah, the little tags. The little tag. Why, why can't they just make that out of cardboard that slips into, you know, to lock the, when you close it up, you know, I always squish the air out and twist it up and put the tag back on. Why, why doesn't that, why can't it just be a heavy cardboard? Oh. No, but it's good for repairing jandals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. If you're not sure what we're talking about with the jandals and the bread tag, um, look it up. All right, let's move on. Pyra to school, please. We've got question number four. Hi, I'm Annie. Um, my question is, do you think Cape Valley could use the meat Methane. Methane catchments worldwide, or did this idea come from somewhere overseas? Um, look, this is this has been happening for years and years around the world, so it's not new to Cape Valley. I, I have to um, admit, um, landfills have for probably twenty or thirty years been capturing methane and um, and turning it into or using it for different different ways. Uh, generating electricity as we do here is one way. Um, but there are probably other things that we could use to gas. If, for example, we had a major um, plant, uh, an energy like a heat use plant, uh, manufacturing plant near the landfill, we could pipe the gas to them and they could use it by burning it. It's probably more efficient to actually use the gas to, to power boilers, to boil water and things. Um, but the use of methane at landfills, particularly to generate electricity, has been around for a long, long time. Um, they're developing all of these things um, as the years go by too, so the engines are getting a lot more efficient and um, we're finding other uses for, for landfill gas. Our company in Auckland has tried um, cleaning up and compressing the gas to run our trucks on it. Um, that was done two or three years ago. Uh, the technology's not quite there yet, but um, you know, we as a company are always looking at new ways of using the gas too. Is that Red Vale? That's right. Yes. Well, Red Vale um, uses, they, they extract some of the gas over to a neighbouring um, aubergine or egg plant. Glass houses. Glass houses. So, so, um, so they use the uh, heat from the mm. engines to um, keep the glass houses warm. Um, we have actually had some approaches from various industries around North Canterbury here looking to um, possibly use our gas for other um, reasons, other uses. Thanks, Annie. Waitakere Primary School, we've got your final question this morning, please. Hi, my name is Olivia and this is my question. How does the amount of waste we have affect climate change? Kia ora, Olivia. That's a, pretty, a, a little bit of a hard question. There are lots of um, studies going on all over the world where people are trying to measure and compare all of, all of the various sources of carbon and, and the effect of these greenhouse gases on the environment. Um, there's no doubt that waste contributes to that, you know, um, landfills and, and the gas. Fortunately, um, we were able to extract it and use it beneficially, but there's no doubt that it does have an effect. But I guess it's probably also fair there are other much more significant contributors to greenhouse gas in the world. Um, you know, the likes of industrial emitters, they call them industrial plants that um, uh, Perhaps not so much the more modern ones, but the older plants where they don't have the, um, the facility to clean their, their exhaust emissions up. They contribute to greenhouse gases. Um, internal combustion engines, you know, all of our car engines, petrol engines and diesel engines, they are contributing to it all the time. Um, burning of fossil fuels like coal. Um, there's a lot of places that still use coal for 
firing their, their boilers, schools, for example, hospitals. Slowly, we're replacing all of those with more modern um, um, energy sources, but they're still out there. And um, just generally, I think, because there's this global awareness of um, trying to reduce greenhouse gases, we're getting better at it, and we're slowly reducing all of those other um, um, greenhouse gas emitters. Yes, slowly, mm -hmm. slowly. Thanks, Olivia. So a lot of things to think about this morning. Um, some big questions. You guys asked the questions, so there's some the big answers. Uh, but anyway, we got up to Pardach's final question this morning, number five. Thanks. Hi, I'm Ria. Are there any other landfills like Cape Valley in New Zealand? Is there or will there be a likelihood that other larger cities in Auckland or Wellington that will get a landfill, a landfill like this? Is it up to the council slash ratepayers for each region? You just about answered all your questions there. There are good questions. And I wish I could say that um, Cape Valley was the only one, you know, that we were special and, and the only one like this in New Zealand. But the fact of the matter is those good modern landfills are already in all of those cities. Um, Andrew just mentioned Redvale a minute ago. That's a, a large landfill up in Auckland on the North Shore. Um, there's also Hampton Downs we spoke of a few minutes ago as well. Uh, in Wellington, there are two or three landfills. So um, we're all in slightly different um, phases of, of development. You know, the newer landfills are always a little bit better than the older ones, but um, uh, Redvale are, are probably one of the, the largest in New Zealand, and that's simply because of the biggest population being Auckland. Um, so, you know, we, we generate four megawatts of electricity from our gas here. I think they're up to 13 or 14 megawatts at Redville. Uh, and they have been operating a lot longer than us. I think they opened in 1991. So they've probably been running 15 or 16 years longer than we have too, with a much greater population. Um, so lots of uh, modern landfills in New Zealand. Um, still a few of the old style dumps and landfills as well, but um, Yes, and your final point there about the councils. Yes, the councils are always aware of this and they try to build facilities more and more like Cape Valley where we pool our resources and bring all our waste to one, one regional facility like Cape Valley. Well, in a moment, there will be an opportunity for listening and speaking schools to pop some further questions in the chat pod, which is just down the bottom of the screen. There's a little chat bubble icon you can click on. Um, which has all our questions from this morning. So, but in the meantime, thank you very much to our speaking schools, Pairata School and Waitakere School for your great questions this morning. Lots of, lots of things to think about. And of course, Tarangi for your answers on all our web conferences this week. All our web conferences are recorded. You can go back to the web conferences page at any stage and re-listen to them if you want to take uh, further notes. If you missed points, um, in any of the web conferences and of course while you're on the website check out the videos uh, and my diary and images from the week so at the end of this web conference we'll have a big roundup and Barry will unmute you all to say a big goodbye um, but in the meantime if you need to go because it's just time it's morning tea or whatever fitness so if you've got some other classes to go to you guys just can just leave the web conference you don't have to stay till the end but we will keep 
it open for another few minutes just to see if there are any extra questions. So we do have some time for that. So, so there's one here, Andrew, um, was put in early from Carita Dea Reyes um, from Tawa. Why do they put soil on top of the rubbish in the landfill? Can they use concrete? That's from Tutavake from Tawa School. So I guess uh, getting at why, why have you chosen soil rather than some other um, material? Yeah, it's a, it, that's a really good question, I guess. I'd never thought about it before. Um, we put the soil on, but the main reason we put it on, remember we put daily cover, about 150 millimetres of soil on each day, and I think we got some of that in video yesterday, yep. um, is really just to keep the litter down and to keep the birds and animals out. We don't want um, animals and birds scavenging on the landfill. Stops the rubbish blowing away. Stops the rubbish blowing away. Uh, and the fact is that soil is much more readily available around us here at Cape Valley. Concrete, by comparison, is really expensive. Uh, and what also happens, and we have, haven't really made this clear uh, um, yet, is that when we come back the next morning, we actually try to scrape as much of that soil off the, off the rubbish before we start placing more rubbish on the, on the new day. And that's so that we don't have all these lenses of soil. So we actually recover some of the soil and then we use it again later in the day. Um, we're trying to, to, to fill this landfill up with rubbish, not soil. So we, we remove as much as we can of that soil. So does the soil help it, um, the rubbish break down, though, with the, the soil microbes that it's got in it, or is it not enough of it? No, the soil's pretty inert, uh, Barry. There, there isn't really anything there that will help. It's, it's really just a protective layer to cover the rubbish, keep the odour down, keep the animals out. Um, and keep the litter down. But the other thing too, when you do your final cover, um, you put grass on it. So you can't grow grass in concrete. And so the grass will be on the final cover of soil and then there'll be sheep or something grazing. But the other thing is, is that let's say Cape Valley's full and you put this final cover of soil on, mm -hmm. there's still going to be movement as things break down and so a little bit more settlement they yeah call yeah it. yeah so you, the landfill will slowly sink just a little bit you, you hardly even see it yeah but as those organics decompose they reduce in volume and you get a little bit of settlement we have to come back and tidy that up as part of the aftercare yeah but that soil would you know will move with that settlement concrete would be yeah. too rigid yeah. that's right good point hey this is an interesting question because um, i th thought about this as well because you do see all sorts of interesting things that get tipped out of the bins into the landfill. Do you, this is from Monbit Ivy House, do you ever come across anything valuable that someone has obviously thrown away by accident? Um, we don't normally find it. We, we have so much rubbish coming through here. And remember I said there's about 1,200 tonnes a day. That's a lot of rubbish. We don't normally see it. We, we see some very funny things and unusual things in the rubbish from time to time. Um, I can. I have a, a radio on my desk that I can hear what all the landfill operators are saying to each other, and I hear some interesting things from time to time. And um, we have had two or three instances in the past where we've had. Uh, I can think of one, for example, a business in Christchurch accidentally threw out a, a bag full of money. And they called the landfill and asked, could we come and have a look for, for our bag of money? And I said, well, we take a lot of rubbish. We're probably unlikely to find it easily. But we, we were able to determine about the time it arrived and what the pro 
the bin number was that it came in. So the guy came out and had a look uh, for his bag of money. We only allowed him about half an hour during one of the lunch breaks to do it because we had to carry on with our business. He had to put all the safety gear on, etc., and things too. Uh, but when he arrived, he says, yes, he's thrown out a bag of money. And we, of course, were thinking it was in a, um, a money bag, you know, a bank bag. And when we asked him, what sort of bag is it? He said, it's a yellow pack and save bag. And when we looked out across the rubbish, there were thousands of them. <laughs> so uh, needless to say, we never found his oh, uh, bag of cash. How much was it? Oh, I think it was a couple of thousand dollars. So oh, it's probably 50 metres down in the rubbish somewhere now. A little sad, but um, unfortunate. Mm. Well, I saw a really good gumboot yesterday, but if I had found the other one, I would have might grabbed those, but um, probably why it was thrown out because he'd lost his other one. Right, so, um, and what about, because, what about at the transfer station? Because a, a lot of the waste goes to a transfer station and then it's put into the big blue bins before being transported up here. Yes. So, is any waste intercepted at the at the transfer station before it comes here? Oh, absolutely. In terms of recycling, mm. um, there's a lot of recycled materials yeah. taken out of the transfer station. That's the last point that they take it out. So they actually sort all the timber, as much timber as they can, um, the glass, the metals. They take all of those products out mm. and it goes for reprocessing, recycling elsewhere in CWCs. Plastic, if they can get it out easily. Um, and I've heard some interesting stories about things that have been found at um, transfer station as well. But uh, yeah, some of them are really funny too. Um, well, I, I did a cool thing because our washing machine broke down, and um, I've recycled the stainless steel drum that was oh, inside, yeah. and I've turned it into a, a, a brazier. Oh, a brazier! Yeah, there's a lot of people who turn the old. Um, Clothes dryers, the door, the cabinet ones, yeah, smokers as well. Fish smoking, fish. Yeah, no, I've done that too. Yep, got a cabinet dryer for that. Um, Barry wants to know what the most unusual thing you've ever seen in your rubbish at Cape Valley. Oh, there are some things, Barry, I can't talk about. We've, we've had all sorts of um, funny products. Uh, oh, one, one that kids will think is funny. Yeah, look, um, we've had all sorts of things like mannequins, you yeah, know, mannequins. mannequins. And it gives our operators a heck of a fright when somebody's throwing out one of these mannequins and then a leg pops up out of the rubbish and uh, the guys just go, oh, no. They, you know, initially your first thoughts are there's, a, there's some the body or somebody in the landfill, but it, it was just a, um, a mannequin from a shop. Uh, things like that. There's all sorts of uh, really funny Things. Also, we often see things that really do have, still have some value in our, our opinion, but once it goes in the landfill, it stays in the, in the landfill, unfortunately. Well, guys, it looks like um, we've come to the end of questions, so it's time for us to sign off, and we're going to go and explore more of the flare compound where the gas from the rubbish, from the waste is taken and used to generate electricity and talk more about that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, this is our final web conference. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Barry's going to unmutual now. And you can say a big ka kite ano. Hi. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.